0: Florist. Today, Finding Your Tribe. Thank you so much for the questions that you've been sending in to me via Instagram. Um, I've got one here from Marisa and she said, can you do an episode on your struggles and learning experiences of opening a new business or a new place? And um, I think it kind of ties in really nicely with the subject of what I'd like to call finding your tribe Um, and working with other florists um, because I think it's something that I get asked quite a lot um, about competition and I think when you're setting up a business you just don't want to feel like you're alone so I have quite a few florist friends Um, I didn't have very many at the beginning but you sort of bump into them along the way really and I think social media is a brilliant place to start finding whose work you love and engaging with them Is a tribe florists or are they my customers? I think my tribe are my fellow colleagues as florists. I think um, over the years, I've really kind of realised the importance of having backup, particularly as an independent florist. I work for myself and surprisingly, not very often, I've had couples ask, well, what happens, Linz, if you get sick? And I think that's a really valid question. And and so I make it my business to be friends with neighbouring florists. So there literally is a florist at the top of my road. Karen, and um, she will message me, oh, damn, I've, you know, have, I've, I haven't got a wrist corsage or I've run out of something. And she will pop down and grab it, and vice versa. Um, I make it my business to share my props with people around me so that I can borrow their props and I don't charge them. I think that's really important. And by so doing, you start chatting and you get to know these people. So the florist I know locally, Most of them are good, jobbing, successful florists. Um, They too, like me, have a family around them. They work from home, but they are my friends. They're my confidants. And right now, with this whole coronavirus thing, we have each other's backs. Last week, I just set up a little uh, WhatsApp group just to say, look, you know, if I can't do a wedding because it's being rescheduled, you know, perhaps you can help me and vice versa. If they are isolated because they've got children with coronavirus, then perhaps they can order the flowers in and I can collect them and do them. Um, And so I think it's really important that florists support florists. And also, I don't feel threatened by other florists around me. Um, And I've lost work to my florist friends. And I have to be gracious about that. It is what it is. Um, Sometimes it's because I'm VAT registered and they're not. Sometimes they just prefer the other person's work and and so be it. You know, the next time maybe it'll be my lucky break. So I accept that completely. So my, my florist friends are my tribe. They keep me buoyant in the weeks and the months in those low season days when you just think, oh gosh, I haven't got many weddings coming up in the next year. They kind of, they say, oh no, we're really quiet too. You know, it's just... It's a bit of a glitch, or they just kind of keep you going, really. I don't think you can have too big a tribe. Um, I would say my florist tribe is the length and breadth of the country. So I have friends up in Yorkshire and I have friends down in Cornwall. I think it's really important. I have friends in Scotland. I think your tribe can be wherever. It could be all over the world, to be honest. I think it's really important that you communicate with them and support them as well with words as well as actions. So I don't think you can have too big a tribe, but you will, over time, some will come and go um, and some go out of business, actually, and and some just stay with you. I celebrate all of their kind of individual personalities, styles, but I need them. Um, And I'd like to think that they need me as well. I think it's really important. And one of the things that I have I've discovered quite recently, actually, is um, freelancing. So I have a couple of my tribe. Um, I can think of Liz at Blue Sky Flowers, um, who borrowed a couple of my props one day and then said, well, if you're freelance, can you come and help me? And so I have freelanced for people. The last year or so, um, she has covered my back and I have been there for her. And going in and working for another florist, a very successful florist, like someone like Liz, um, it's actually, it's quite scary. And it taught me a lot about the freelancers that come to work for me. So when I turned up one day and worked for Liz um, she just said right there's your bucket allocation of flowers you're doing that pedestal down there and Simon's doing the other one on the other side and I was like, oh my gosh what <laughs> what if I'm not good enough and she's just gonna look at me and think seriously Lynz, call yourself a florist so I think um, freelancing for other people is really really good and I don't think I'm above freelancing for anyone it taught me her own unique style it indulged me um, to actually participate with her clients with her choice of flowers um, with her way of going about doing things and also it must be quite nice for her to have experienced florists coming in just to kind of climb up the ladder and do so she and I both put up a big kind of um, installation between us and I was I felt fantastic. I felt great to be part of a team, actually, because normally it's all my responsibility. And I could see that she was stressed just like I would normally be. But actually, it was really good just to have no responsibility and just do the flowers and do a really good job with confidence and skill that I have, but not take any of the glory and just get in my van and tootle off home. And oh my God, I absolutely loved it. And I would recommend anyone to do that. And if you're not getting lots of business, to keep busy by offering yourself up as a a freelancer is definitely the way forward. I think as a new florist, you should try and get your own tribe or be part of a tribe as as soon as possible, really. I think it's a sisterhood, a brotherhood, call it what you will. That's the, the the real high point of social media for me as a jobbing florist is having other people around me. And sometimes I just go and have a cup of coffee with them. Sometimes I will go and have lunch with a group of them. Very often it's just a one-on-one thing for me. I'm quite a lone person. I like just to have one-to-one time with my florist friends but I think it's really important to start from the get-go and and befriend people um, because you will learn and I still learn from all of my florist colleagues information you name it not just gossip but really helpful advice on techniques on situations um, invaluable yeah do I ever worry that a tribe will steal my ideas no No, because if it's my tribe, I should be sharing with them. Um, And so, my tribe isn't my whole social media community that follow me on, you know, know, Instagram or something. These are really special people that I've worked for, worked they've worked for me, or we just are in the similar boat doing our jobs. So, no, I I think we all are unique as florists um, and sometimes I might pick their brains on how they might kind of do mechanics on some arrangement and I'm really happy to kind of share that sort of thing. Um, If somebody just kind of cold calls me through social media I won't hand out information willy-nilly but amongst my florist tribe I'm really happy to loan them my props to tell them oh this went tits up don't do this whatever you do but this was fantastic definitely do that or I've got one of those would it help I don't need it do you want to use it and so I think that's where your florist tribe comes into its own and when you're having a really bad day I think it's really important to share amongst those people that you can be vulnerable in front of and they will they'll have your back When I first started it was, I felt quite lonely, I felt a bit of a phony, I felt very isolated as a florist. I felt like people were looking at me because actually I think when I did a couple of sort of wedding fairs that I went up to the florists and went hi I'm Linz I'm the White Horse Flower Company and they literally looked at me as if I was some sort of alien I mean who the hell are you because I really felt that nobody was friendly they certainly weren't friendly to me at all when you went to flower market I didn't feel like anyone would communicate or chat there was just maybe one or two people that were little sparks that would go hi and I would look at their trolley of flowers and just admire them Um, and those people are still my friends to this day but I felt very alone and because there was no social media I really was alone but things have really changed now for the better. When I first started I was just on my own and I would get the flowers arrange the flowers deliver the flowers clear the props the following day and repeat. And gradually, as the business grew, I needed more help. And so my kids, my child (laughs) labour, just setting up a few tea lights was not enough. And so to begin with, I might have had a couple of people that were a little bit enthusiastic at flower arranging, but they weren't good enough for me. And that became apparent literally after the first Time a friend offered, I realized that they were not going to be good enough for me and they were too slow. And I was introduced to uh, a friend. Actually, she came to me because she was thinking of becoming a florist. And I said, What you need is to get on a course and to practice. So she got on a course and she said, Look, if you ever need a hand lens, I can help you. And that was a game changer for me, having somebody in the studio. And one of the things that happened in those early days when I was growing the business. And I was building up more and more work, a couple of weddings over a weekend, for example, a a really good friend of mine that I used to freelance for offered herself to help. She was taking through medical reasons. She was taking some time off and had closed her event floristry business and offered herself to me. And so she came to the studio and I thought I'm going to I'm going to get found out. She's going to think, my God, you're rubbish, Lindsay. You can't, you know, Call yourself a florist, but actually, what happened was it was just a sharing of ideas. She had skills that I didn't have, and I had skills that I didn't realise I had that she didn't have. And so it was a it was a real light bulb moment, a game changer. I hate that phrase, but it was true. It was a game changer, and that was Zanna, and she's still my friend to this day, and she's still a flipping good florist. I then bought in a couple of other people, so Sarana joined me, and I realised very early on that. We all have our strengths and weaknesses. There were some things that I can do in floristry really, really well, and there were other things I find really difficult. So I learned from a very early stage to delegate. So I wouldn't automatically take the glory jobs of the bridal bouquet. If I felt my client wanted a really neat, tidy dome of roses, they're really hard to do. Well, I find them really hard to do. But Sarana, is brilliant at doing t- neat and tidy. And so from the very beginning, I have learned to delegate so everybody gets the best task for them. And some days I just want to do table centres. And so the bridal bouquets will be done and the bridesmaids bouquets will be done by my freelancers. And I know a lot of florists find that quite hard to believe that I I give these juicy jobs away. But actually it's to my advantage. And what I've learned over the years is the recipe I write for my flowers is the key to my success. Um, the operator that actually puts it together, they have to be skilled. They have to be good enough for them to be working with me. But they might be better at the assembly part, the actual baking of the cake than me. Therefore, they do it. And I will play to my strengths. And I think it's one of the fundamental things I've learned over the last five years is to um, to delegate. Um, but ultimately, the White Horseflower Company recipe is mine and mine alone. It's a bit like Heinz. <laughs> or coca-cola it's my secret recipe it's all in my head and so i write the recipe and they can actually bake the cake and it will come out exactly how i want it and actually even if i haven't put my hands on that bouquet it's got all the ingredients that i wanted in it um occasionally i will tweak things or they will kind of show it to me and i go it needs to be a bit looser or it needs to have a bit more of that color in it and they will do it but yeah i think that was a huge growth spurt for me the english florist returns soon for season 2. So please get in touch with the show and leave your questions. Thanks so much for listening. If you'd like to leave me a message so I can answer any floristry questions, there's two ways you can get in touch. Either reach out and leave me a voice message through the English Florist page on the Anchor podcast website or app. Or contact me on Instagram at the White horse Flower. The English Florist is a Loading loadingzone.co.uk production, uploaded on Sundays and available wherever you get your podcasts, including Spotify, Apple, and Google podcasting apps.